Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Real Christians indeed, the ones who understand your grace. And when the whole world is lost, we can say, hey guys, we are anchored into something deeper, where we know something that you don't. We know something that you don't. We understand how the earth is connected. We understand how the heavens themselves were framed by the words of God. And the earth itself was developed by the power of our God. We know you deeper. We know more. We have revelation. We see beyond the earth. We see beyond what our eyes can see. We see beyond the natural, oh God. We transcend into the realms of God. Let that be our testimony. That we know what counts in this life, oh God. Thank you, oh God. None of us will be empty lives, oh God. Thank you. That the resonance of our spirit burn continually towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. This morning, we're going to be sharing about the one thing that is necessary. Only one thing is necessary. At every point in time in your life, only one thing is necessary. Only one thing is important. You have to just figure out what that one thing for that moment is. You're not supposed to be doing many things. Only one only one multitasking is a very bad vice totally overrated and i've been hearing that like when hrp want to hire you they said multitasking capabilities just write back to the hr company and said no i don't do multitasking i only do one thing at a time if you want me to do one thing, tell me the one thing you want me to do. <laughs> There's a HR professional just checking out head like, yeah, right, you're gonna hear. <laughs> you're gonna hear from me. <laughs> but honestly, there's a deception that says we can do more than one thing. Do you know the moment you start doing more than one thing, guess what happens? Things begins to churn, churn begins to happen. Things begin to drop off from your radar. Things begin to lose, lose priority before you. So every time you wake, focus on one thing. Only one thing is necessary. What did I say? Only one thing is necessary. Okay, let's read this scripture together. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. This obviously the old King James Version. Yeah? Yeah. So thou, you know, thou to receive glory. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure. Do you guys understand what this means? It means God is worthy. God created all things. For his pleasure, everything exists and was created. So, only one thing is necessary. Let's read this again together. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. One, two, go. 
No, dear brothers, I have, and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ, is calling us. Keep it there. Keep the, no, keep the light as it was. Yeah, that's fine. So, brothers and sisters, Paul was saying, I haven't arrived. I haven't what? Arrived. I haven't hit the mark yet. But one thing I do, I forget what I've done before. I forget my past accolades. I forget my past credits. And I press onto the mark of the prize of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. It is one Thing that inhibits many of us is what we have done before is our past achievements so people know you you used to be a big shot you know once I was the highest computer professional in Joss you know, just some just people here they know right <laughs> right so I was talking to the state government I was doing working for the United Nations Development Program. I was talking to state, teaching state governors how to use computers. I was working for Bauchi State, Platsi State, Nasra State House. I was working for the National Information Technology Development Agency. I was working, working with the federal government when they doing some policies. So I was like a top shot in jobs. But then I came to Lagos. You know what happened? I was nothing in Lagos. <laughs> in Lagos, I was a salesman for a satellite communications company. And my salary, I can tell you now, because it's many years ago, 40K. And that's when I told you guys about the trek I did. Because the 40K couldn't take me home. The salary was not enough to even take me home every day and bring me back. So that's how I trekked one day home. You know, my friends after that started calling me Johnny Walker. <laughs> if you're going to advance into what God has in store for you, you must forget what you have done before. You must forget the high spiritual points you arrived at before. You must forget the songs you learned before. You know in this church we learn new songs all the time and it totally frustrates the musicians who are here. But we made it a policy that we will always be on the cutting edge of what God is saying and doing. We will always be loaded with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We will always be learning, ever, ever learning and ever coming to the knowledge of the truth. We will always be cutting edge of what, and the only way to do that is to forget what you've known before. Do you know how people stop existing? They stop existing by holding on, by being fixated with the past. That's how people expire. You see some of our parents who stopped being current. You know how they stopped being current? They identified a designer who was a 70s designer and thought that these designers were the best designer in the world and they stuck with the designs of that designer. So once this designer's time and vision passes, 
they part with the designer they stuck with. That is how to expire, to hold on to the old. Write it down, how to expire, to hold on to the old. This is a life principle, it's not just a godly principle. If you want to expire, keep talking about your past accolades. Keep giving yourself credit for who you were before. Keep talking about your hate days. It means that you are making nothing new today. If you keep looking at the past, it means that you are creating nothing new. If you keep learning only what you learned before, it means you are learning nothing new. So God, Paul, the big apostle, after crossing seven rivers and mountains and doing awesome things, had this to say. One thing I do, I forget the past. I look forward to what lies ahead. I press on each day to the, to the end of the race to receive the heavenly prize for which God, for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us one thing. One thing is necessary. Only one thing is necessary. That one thing is the priority. Is the priority is the is the most thing is the is the most important thing incumbent on you right now. That's the one thing that you need to be focusing on. And the Lord answered me, write down this one thing clearly and inscribe it on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Like I want your mind to be full of this one thing. I want your vision to be full of this one thing. I want your heart to be consumed by this one thing. Write it down. So when you write it down, guess what will happen? A herald, a shout will go with it. Every time you read it out, your spirit will say, yes. A herald, a decree will go with it. When you write down that one thing that is most important, there is a staring that goes with that one thing that God has given to you. What is that one thing that is most important? The truth, everything happens. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that we were talking? Look at what we're talking about, right? Talking about Boko Haram killing people, right? So, in the last year, hundreds of soldiers, Nigerian soldiers have died. In the last year, churches have been burned. In the last year, a lot of things have happened. So much has happened. And can you see, when we talk about destruction, this is live statistics, right? This is 4 billion internet users in the world right now. Total numbers of websites. Can you see how it's increasing by the minute? 111 billion emails have been sent today. Today. This is today's statistic. This live stats, you can see, is increasing. This is Google searches today, 2 billion Google searches. How many blog posts have been written today? 2.8 million. 329 million tweets have gone out today. Just keep going. How many videos have been viewed on YouTube today? 3 billion. How many photos are uploaded every today? 36 million. 61 Tumblr posts have been done today. 365 active tweeters. This is Google. Okay, these are users. This is 2 billion Facebook users. This is Pinterest, 273 Skype. Calls made today, one is three million. Website hacked today, it's 2000. You know, you see the statistics of the world. Internet traffic today, that's how many gigabytes? This is three trillion 
take part today. So, what does that mean? Is an avalanche that said, if how many billions of websites have been written today, what does that mean? We live in the world of distractions. How can you choose one thing? If this is what's going on, how can you choose only one thing? Do you see how improbable it is for any one of us to focus on one thing? And how stupid it looks to choose only one thing? And why we suffer from a lot of chance? Because we cannot focus on one thing at a time. Take it back to the PowerPoint. Thank you very much. This is 2020. So Dolly Parton came up with this, this thing of her appearance in four different places. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Tinder. And everybody's doing it, right? How many of you have not jumped on this bad wagon? Uh, <laughs> everybody's doing it, right? This, was the, this is the big, the big, there are many distractions that have happened in 20, 2020, but this is chief of them right now. This is actually like right now, today, yes, yeah. is going on this live right now. It's what everybody's been putting up your picture in for. How many of you know what was last year's own? Uh, remember that. Well, who, where I was before 10 years, see me now, see me now. Right. <laughs> like you guys are saying, ah, these pictures are not good for church. They are not good for believers. <laughs> but you see them outside of church, right? While we're pretending that we're, are we not the church? So we see these pictures, but we don't want them to be seen in church, right? Yeah. So we're actually compartmentalizing. Should be one. What you don't see in church, you don't see anywhere else. Don't see it. So if they're not good for church, they're also not good for you. Stop seeing it at home. Don't blame us. <laughs> 2018 was what? The kicky chap. Okay, okay. Did you love me? There's one kicky in church. <laughs> so, these are things. So can you think about the time when in northern Nigeria people are getting killed? And this is what is occupying our view. You see the issue of priority then. What Zach was saying, on the flip side, you have fancies. Have a friend, have a friend. He calls me from time to time, every time they, they, the missions board publishes another name of people they've killed. We're, we're, we're missionaries, we're street missionaries together in Scotland. Mike is his name. And Mike will call me every now and again and say to me, I heard Reverend Andy me having slaughtered. Are you guys okay? You know, and I have to tell him that, Mike, you are two Nigerians. <laughs> you guys understand? It's like there are two Nigerians. There's one Nigerian, there's another Nigeria. It's as if we're absolutely disconnected sometimes on what's going on. Should we be, what is the one priority that we should have in our mind? So, God's plan is very simple. Save strike and build save strike and build each of them is one plan God has only one plan save strike down and build 
then Savior shall go, shall come to Mount Zion to judge the mountains of Esau, and the kingdoms shall be the Lord's. Obadiah chapter 1, verse 24. God's idea is that saviors will come. Did you see single S or multiple S? That means if Jesus was a savior, all the followers of Jesus should become saviors. You are a savior. You have something to give. You have something to bring wherever space you are. You have some hope to bring. You have some oil to give. You are a savior. A savior is actually someone who looks at something that is not working well and makes up for it. The name is so big that we don't feel like we are saviors, but you are a savior. Say, I am a savior. I want you to believe that. Say, I am a savior. God has given something into your heart. God has worked a purpose in your mind. God has worked something in your life. That makes you able to save. God has gifted you something. God has given you certain powers. God has gifted you the gift of prophecy and the gift of the promise of God and the laying on of hands and the prophetic word. God has granted all of this to you so that you will become what? A savior. And then you will go to the mountains of Esau. Esau represents the standard that is against God. Easter represents a people not yielded to God. Easter represents a people who are lost in the world. Easter represents a broken generation. People who will sell their future for a morsel of bread. You will go up to their mountains. You will come up from the mountain of God and you will climb up to the mountain of Esau. And you will climb and begin to save. And you begin to redeem. And you begin to restore. And you begin to bring back everyone who was lost. And you begin to raise up all who are discouraged. And you begin to build back the broken. Why? Because you are a savior. The grace of God is on your inside. The power of God is within you. Don't look down on yourself. Say, I am a savior. Jesus Christ did not come just to die and live. He came to leave something in you. The Bible says everything Jesus did, you are supposed to do as well. If Jesus saved man, you are supposed to save man too. If Jesus spoke in the mountain, you are supposed to speak too. If Jesus declared the power of God, you are supposed to declare the power of God too. If Jesus prayed, you are supposed to pray too. Why? Because you have become a representation of who Christ is. This is the perfect picture that God has painted. This is the perfect image that God is bringing forth. That today, saviors will arise from Mount Zion. Redeemers will come up from the mountain of God. And will the enemies come and restore. Do you know this is the one thing that God said we should do? Do you know this is the one commission we all have? Do you know this is the one hope that God has for the world? Do you know this is all that God wants us to do? Save man, save women. Hallelujah. Amen. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Jesus said to them, Jesus called his 12 together and gave them power and authority. He says, preach the good news of the kingdom. Go save. Luke chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. Jesus called the 70 together and sent them out in two. And says, go to the ends of the world and declare my glory. Why? Because we are saviors. Number two, strike doesn't look nice though. Strike. Say strike. strike. It says, 
Let's do this together. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Our job is to strike. God did not call us here to become liver people. Remember I said that before. God did not call us here to become weak people. God did not call us here to become hurting people and injured people and just crying people and hopeless people. That's not God's idea of putting us on earth. When God put us on the earth, he said, this was in the curse when God was cursing the serpent. He said, the seed of the woman, who is the seed of the woman? Say, I am. How many of you were not born by a woman? Raise up your hand. Do you see that? The seed of the woman. That's why children are very powerful. The seed of the woman. The seed of the woman has something. If you are a seed of a woman, you know who your mom is. How many of you know who your mom is? If she's near you, squeeze her hand. And if there's a mother near you, squeeze her hand. There's another woman near you who is not yet a mother, just still squeeze her hand. <laughs> because she's a potential mother. If she's not your mother, still squeeze her hand. <laughs> she's a mother of someone. Women give life. Do you understand? It's your seed that God says will strike the head of the serpent. It's not another woman's seed, it's your own seed. It's your own seed. Mommy, it's your seed. God says your seed will strike the serpent. Your seed will strike the head of the serpent. God's one assignment for us is to strike the serpent. Is to crush the serpent. And who is the serpent? The devil. Look at the Bible, it's very clear. He will strike the head of the serpent. The serpent will try to strike his heel. The devil will be after you. So keep your feet in the right place. Watch your feet where you go. Do you understand? Because the serpent is waiting to strike you from being in the wrong location. The biggest thing that has made the fall of many is where they are. Because the serpent is giving permission to strike the heels of people who are not in the right place. So if you're in the wrong place, be very afraid. But if you're in the right place, the serpent cannot strike your heel. Say amen. amen. If you're in the place of righteousness, the serpent cannot strike your heel. If you're in the place of holy standing, the devil can try, but he will not succeed. Amen. amen. He will not strike your heel. You are supposed to crush his head. You are supposed to break the devil. You are supposed to. Do you know God did not put us here to run away from the devil? So the devil challenged God in heaven and said to him, I'm going to be more than you. I'm going to rise up and I'm going to build my throne above the most high. The Bible says iniquity was found in the devil. And the devil was cast down in the book of Ezekiel. The Bible describes how Lucifer, this serpent, this old serpent was cast down but before then he wasn't a serpent he was a cool handsome angel and in archangel there are three archangels that the bible has recorded archangel michael the archangel of war archangel gabriel the archangel of administration and messages is the one who shows up and saves daniel this is what the Lord is doing. He brings the message. The third archangel was Archangel Lucifer. He was the archangel in charge of music. There was music in him. Altars, we have the instruments. There's the altars of instruments. He lifts up his hand just here. Ta-da-da-da. Ta-da-da-da. Bible says there are all types of instruments wired into him. He was 
music itself. He was an orchestrator in heaven. So the sounds of heaven rose and fell to the tide of Lucifer. He was the archangel of music. He was the archangel of the arts. He was the archangel of media in heaven. He was one who was the creative mastermind in heaven. God vested in that archangel creativity. No wonder when you see creative people, there's all they're always very near to the to the archangel. <laughs> creative people are very near to the archangel. Pride, you know, all types of things. Ego. <laughs> One designer for me, and uh, uh, do those things for me. And I said to him, like, oh my god, like your designs are so good. He said, Yeah, that's what happens when I had a drag. <laughs> I just get so creative when I had just ego, like it's just so beautiful. I just that same beauty. <laughs> those archangels are very near to the people who do creative things. Why? Because their originator in heaven was a man called Lucifer. Lucifer was a mighty angel in heaven before pride entered into him. And God decided that he cannot have two. How many of you have had a house girl before who has become too big than you? Who starts running the whole house? Who starts telling you, eh, hey, hey, madam, we cannot allow that in this house? <laughs> Oh, we can bear some witness, right? I can see that that touch some nerve somewhere, right? So big, so mighty, so pompous. You see them carry themselves with some swag. <laughs> you have to tell them, well, there cannot be two madams in the house. There cannot be two queens in the palace. You have to choose one. So, madam. We have to shake hands. I love you, but you know, you're really good in many things. And it's not the ones that are very good that always have bad habits. <laughs> Can I tell you guys something? Our job, then God sent the devil down and he said to the people of the earth, the sons of God on the earth, he said, mess him up. God said, strike him. God sent the devil down here and told us to what? Strike him. Strike him down. Push him down. Don't let him. Don't let him be your boss. Beat him up. What did I say? Amen. Beat him up. Amen. Don't let the devil be beating you up Amen. all the time. Amen. Don't wake up and allow the devil to be messing you up all the time. Amen. Beat him up. Yes. God put the devil here for what? For you to beat him up. Win him in the game. You understand? Strike him. Look at it. It's written in the Bible. You will, you will strike the head of the serpent. Strike his head. Crush him. Beat him down. But if you don't, if you don't, if you're not aware, he will strike your heel. If you're careless, he will strike your heel. If you're not aware, he will strike. I don't want to get away from this point in the hurry. This is actually the main point. Strike the devil down. Amen. I think it was Keith Green who wrote the song, Strike the Devil Down. Strike the Devil Down. Strike the Devil Down. Don't play. Don't 
made the devil is not a player. He has made every prophet fall in history. Yes, yes. He's the nemesis of every good man you see fall. He's the cockatrice of evil. He cooks evil as a way of life. He sells lies as a way of living. He tells you you are nothing. He tells you you're not good enough. He tells you you, you cannot become a man of God. You look at you, you look at him and say, no, 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 you cannot be a man of God. No, you've done some things, but you cannot be a man of God. Say, strike him. Strike, strike him. him. Another one in his place. He doesn't like vacuum. There's no power vacuum in the universe. 
Every time one power leaves, a new power comes. No power vacuum in the universe. Let's read this together. Daniel chapter 2 verse 44. One to go. During the reign of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness. And God's kingdom will stand forevermore. Say amen. amen. God has a mind to build an army, a forceful advancing army, an army, a type of which has never been known on earth, a people type, a connected people in every church, in every kingdom, in every kindred, in every tribe. God will raise an army. And the army of God is being formed right now. As we sit here at Ecclesia Hills, the army of God is being formed right right now the army of god is being formed right now and god wants you to sign up sign up sign up to the army because you're going to build a kingdom you're going to build a place where the power of god will be real you're going to build a place where the habitation of god will be authentic in the name of jesus christ say amen, amen. build a kingdom and jesus and his disciples continued on their journey they came to a village where a woman welcomed jesus into her home her name was martha and she had a sister named mary Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he, ch he shared. The Lord answered her, Martha, no, I think, uh, uh, Jesus and Jesus continued the journey and they came to the village where a woman welcomed into her home. Her name was Martha. Yeah. Absorbing every revelation he shared. So I think I jumped. But Martha became, okay, yes, that's it. And Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chairs in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. And Jesus, the Lord answered him, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled? Pulled away by all these many distractions. Are they really that important? Are they really, all these things you're doing, are they really that important? Are they really what you should be worrying about? Are they really that important? Next slide. My, Mary has discovered the one thing most important. By choosing to sit at my feet, she is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. You all know the story of Mary and Martha. This is how to focus on the one thing the one thing is to sit at the master's seat. You have that relationship with Jesus Christ where you can sit at his seat, where you can be undistracted. True, the world has a lot of music and drama and things and theater and things, the web, the internet, friends, music, party, all types of things are available. Every single fancy, whether your fancy is money, whether your allele is women, whether it's drugs, sex, whether it's loud music or banging, banging phone or entertainment, whether it's a village of comedians. Today is the day of creativity. There's no lack of creativity. People are speaking with all types of loud megaphones from every platform imaginable. The strength today will not be the strength of the person who can absorb much. The strength today will be the strength of the person who can discriminate against the avalanche of information that fills the earth. The strongest person I repeat today will not be the person who is able to open 20 accounts 
and multitask between five Instagram accounts and sell 20 products across 20 different platforms. The biggest thing today will not be about the person who is able to run after many, many ships in the high seas. The biggest thing will not be about the person who is able to track a thousand pieces of transactions. The biggest thing today about the person who is able to find that one thing, that one thing. Martha found it with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, she is undistracted and I won't take this privilege from her. Mary had discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted and I won't take that privilege from her. Let's read this together. Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted and I won't take this privilege. I want to speak to your souls and your spirits this morning. What are the many things that distract you? What are the many things that catch your attention? What are the many things that threaten your peace? What are the things that when you think about everything starts going upside down in your life? Only one thing is important. You sit at the master's feet and he will give you the tools you need to conquer everything else in your life. Amen. Let us pray. Say, Lord, I give you my life. I give you my spirit. I want to sit at your feet. I want to dwell in your presence. Help me from distractions. Give me the power of laser focus. And my eyes and my heart will be stayed on you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 